everything nhl the hockey segment of the fantasy fanatics podcast i'm your host nathan and we're here with our hockey expert james kumar hey what's up man so so today we're gonna recap some games on thursday and we'll take a look at some of the friday games and we'll uh go through some pickups and we'll uh talk about i guess some current events in the nhl and I guess, go for some uh, previews of some Saturday games. All right, sounds good. Let's hop into it. All right, so I guess we can start with the first Thursday game, uh, Boston versus New York. Uh, was a very dominant performance by Boston. Uh, they won 4-0. Um, I think David Pasternak and Patrice Bergeron scored in the first period, and David... Uh, Krejci and Jake DeBrusque scored in the second. Uh, there weren't any goals in the third period, and Halleck got a shutout. It was his 52nd career shutout. Uh, very impressive. Uh, just wondering about your thoughts on this game. Yeah, I guess with uh, Tuka Rask sort of not being uh, with the team, whether he's battling an injury or whatnot, I think Boston has some solid goaling with uh, some solid goaltending with uh, Yarl Halak. Uh, he just played really well as he has been the whole year. Very nice, and I guess hopefully for Boston fans, uh, they'll I guess continue a string of dominant performances as I'm sure that they're used to. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then as for the Rangers, uh, this season sort of just been a mit- mixed bag. Uh, they're 10, 12, and 3 as we speak. Uh, they just really haven't gotten anything meaningful going so far. Um, yeah, it's been a tough road for them. Yeah. Uh, is there anything that you think they can do to kind of, I guess, increase their, I guess, just improve on how they're doing so far? Um. I mean, I, I think it's just about, you know, having a younger team and so on. I guess experience is the only thing that I could really suggest. I mean, um, like they, they've had injuries, they've had other issues. Um, but yeah, just gaining experience will probably be the best for them this season. Yeah. Well, they're a young team, so they'll get better with time for sure. Yeah, I can agree. And I guess we can move on to our next game, uh, Pittsburgh versus Buffalo. Uh, another dominant performance. Um, Pittsburgh won 5-2. Uh, things aren't really looking so good for Buffalo. Um, Tage Thompson scored in the first. Victor Olofsson scored in the second. So they had at least that going for them. But unfortunately, it wasn't nearly enough to take the win. Um, F. Jenny Malkin scored in the first. Brandon Tanev and Jake Gunsell scored in the second. And Anthony, Angela, and Brian Russ scored in the third uh, to, I guess, have a dom- dominant uh, game. I'm just wondering about your thoughts on Pittsburgh and Boston, uh, Buffalo. Yeah, um, Pittsburgh, they've just been on fire lately. Uh, they've won four games in a row. They've won seven out of their last ten. They're really surging in the East. They're in third place now, really moving up, really playing solid hockey. Um, and then I guess as for Buffalo, I know we are going to address Buffalo a little bit later. Um, but yeah, just overall, 
I mean, they've won one game out of their last 10. Um, they can't really get much of anything going. Um, yeah, it's, it's really just a disappointing season for this team. Yeah, very unfortunate uh, for Buffalo this season. I guess since we're going to talk about uh, Buffalo later, I guess just wondering, um, do you see the Penguins uh, continuing, I guess, their performance so far? Um, yeah, I know we talked about them at the beginning of the season. I fully said that they were going to be a playoff team. I, I expected it. Um, and clearly they're playing like one right now. So I think they can continue their success throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, I guess hopefully for Pittsburgh, they can continue to see their team win by three goals. Yeah, I mean, like you said, goal scoring is up this year. So win by as many goals as you can, especially against Buffalo. No offense. Yeah, uh, very unfortunate. But I guess we'll move on to our next game, New Jersey versus the New York Islanders. Uh, New Jersey tried to put up a fight, but unfortunately, New York was able to take it 5-3. Uh, Matt Martin and Adam pa- Pellick scored in the first. Noah Dobson and Josh Bailey were able to score in the second. And uh, Brock Nelson scored in the third for the New York Islanders. And New Jersey tried to make a comeback. Chani, uh, Kuokkanen, uh, Mikhail Maltsev, and Jack Hughes, they all scored in the third. But unfortunately, there just wasn't enough time to catch up. Uh, just wondering about your thoughts on these two teams. Yeah, I guess that sort of describes both teams best in this game. The Islanders being able to play a full 60-minute game and New Jersey only really coming on uh, to play the third period um, just by looking at the score. Um, you know, um, they I, I mean, they did have pressure um, early in the game, but it, it really wasn't enough, you know, to to get some goals. They were only able to score in the third, and then I guess the Islanders just weathered the storm and, and took this game. Yeah, and I guess just uh, how do you see the Islanders performing this year? I mean, they've they're nine zero and one in their last ten. They've won seven in a row. They're playing really well. I know they didn't start off as well, um, and I guess if they just keep it going, like I said, they're one of those five teams in the East that could potentially make the playoffs. Uh, I said this even from the beginning of the season. It's a real, it's really a five team race. I still believe the same thing even up till this date. So as long as they can um, keep up their good play, uh, they'll definitely be in the playoffs this year. Yeah, hopefully the Islanders can keep it up. Um, it'd be nice to see a New York team in the playoffs. Yeah, uh, because clearly the Rangers and Buffalo can't get it together this season. Very unfortunate. <laughs> so I guess we can move on. Another 5-3 game. The Washington Capitals versus the Flyers. The Capitals were actually able to take this one 5-3. Um, Alex Ovechkin scored an unassisted goal in the first period. Connor Sherry scored a goal. Uh, John Carlson and Nick Dowd scored in the second period. And Nick Dowd scored again in the third. And uh, for the Flyers, Travis uh, Konechny scored in the first. And Ivan uh, Provorov and Scott Lawton scored in the third. Uh, I'm just wondering about your thoughts on these two teams. 
Yeah, um, I guess just looking at the way the Flyers have been playing recently, um, I really looked at this game and I, I really looked at Washington. I mean, they've won eight out of their last 10. The Flyers have been uh, a 500 team in their last 10. So I'm like, Washington's really has the momentum going into this game. They should win it. And then lo and behold, they ended up winning it. Uh, of course, um, everyone's talking about how Ovechkin needs to get it going with his goal scoring if he's going to try and catch up to Gretzky. But um, I mean, nine goals on the year isn't too shabby and hopefully he can uh, definitely increase on that. But yeah, uh, like I said, Washington played a really solid game here. Catching up to Gretzky is going to be a really tall order, but I guess what are your chances? What are, what are your thoughts on his chances? I mean, um, scoring at um, a 50 goal pace over an 82 game season um, gives him the opportunity. But of course, this year we don't have an 82 game season. We have a 56 game season. So all of these shortened seasons are really hurting his chances at, at sort of doing something like that in his career. I mean, he's still in his early 30s, so let's not kid ourselves. He does have time, assuming he continues to play. But, I mean, every year gets a lot tougher to score goals as you get older. We all know that. And, I mean, he's still, um, I mean, he's just under 200 goals away, but um, close to 200 is still a lot to go. Yeah, he'd have to score 50 goals for four years in order to catch up to that. Yeah, or even maybe like 30 or 40 if he plays a little bit longer than that. So, um, and then this year he'll definitely have to have at least 20. So, I mean, if at that halfway point he has nine goals, um, he, I, I believe he should get over 20 by the end. If he can get over 30, that'll really help him for sure. But I guess we'll have to see. Yeah, I mean, just to be in the conversation of being able to catch up to Gretzky is just impressive in and of itself. So, I think that's nothing to, I guess, be ashamed of, even if you're just a little bit short. Yeah, I mean, he's the greatest goal scorer of this generation. So, um, like, I don't know uh, in the future if we'll ever see a, a guy so consistent at goal scoring like Alex Ovechkin. Yeah, I guess when he retires, it'll be like, it'll be pretty much uh, something similar to, I guess, Mario Lemieux retiring or Wayne Gretzky retiring, pretty much. Well, I mean, they say he's the greatest goal scorer since Mario Lemieux. So, I mean, that's a pretty big compliment in and of itself. Yeah, for sure. And speaking of scoring, we have another dominant game. Uh, Nashville Predators versus the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, Carolina Hurricanes blew them out 5-1. to one. Uh, It was a very dominant performance. Uh, they had three goals in the first period. Uh, Morden, Geeky, Brock, McGinn, and Dougie Hamilton all scored a game. Morgan Geeky scored again in the second period. Martin Nietzsche scored in the third period. And unfortunately, uh, Nashville was only able to score uh, one goal in the third by Nick Cousins. Uh, what are your thoughts on these two teams? Yeah, Nashville's one of the more banged up teams in the league. Um, I pretty much assumed that Carolina would take this, and they did. And they did it in an impressive fashion, 5-1. to one. Um, It looks like um, Morgan Geeky got his first two goals of the year. And then you got scoring from different lines, Brock McGinn, and then Martin Natchez, and then defenseman Dougie Hamilton. So, I mean, the scoring was really spread out. It looks like Carolina is sort of in their form when it comes to um, – depth scoring so 
yeah, they looked really dominant in this game. And uh, I guess, uh, what are your thoughts on, I guess, Nashville this season? Uh, I think this season's pretty much a wash for them. They have too many injuries and they're just too far back to really make a, a run at a playoff spot. So this is just more of a year for them to sort of reflect on the future of the team, just to see maybe where some young players are at. But I think that's sort of um, where Nashville is at this moment. Yeah, it's kind of unfortunate, especially with uh, all the injuries, everything they've been through. But I guess there's always next year, I guess, hopefully in the off season, they'll be able to kind of restructure themselves. Yeah, I mean, they've always been good at that. So I wouldn't underestimate uh, the management there. Um, David Poyle, he's, he's there, been their only general manager since their existence. They've never had a second general manager. So he, he's been there a long time. So clearly... He knows what he's doing. Yeah. Well, I guess they they have their full trust in Poyle. Yeah, you can definitely say that. And I guess moving on, um, we have another high-scoring game. Uh, Florida Panthers versus the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, Florida won 5-4. Uh, it was a very close game, but... Uh, Florida Panthers were able to take it. Uh, there were no goals in the first period, but there were three goals in the second. Um, Oliver Bjorkstrand was able to get a goal. Two goals, actually, in the second period. Uh, Patrick Hor Hornquist was able to get a goal for Florida. So it was 2-1 at that point. And then in the third period, uh, Patrick Lane, Max Domi, uh, Ryan Lomberg, were able to get a goal so and Owen Tippett was able to get a goal for Florida and Alexander Barkov so it was all tied up in the third and it went to overtime and uh, Frank Vetrano was able to kind of get a goal and uh, Florida was able to I guess clutch this game out so I guess what are your thoughts on uh, their these two teams performances um, I guess Columbus came out early. Uh, they started out really well. Even early into the third period, they were up 4-1, but then they just let Florida back into this game. And ultimately, Florida just carried the momentum to a win in overtime. I mean, Florida's 17-5-4. They have an impressive record. Um, Columbus, um, they're really middling 10-12-6 right now. Uh, I think the better team did win. Um, I don't know whether Florida was the better team over the whole game or not, but I mean, Florida has been making a lot of comebacks this year and they've been getting wins. So I'll just applaud them for that. Yeah, it's uh, very impressive, especially they were down by not too much, especially like looking at scores this season. But they were down, but they were able to come back and win in overtime. And I guess being able to just uh, put your head down and just be able to catch up and take over games. That's kind of important, especially if you're trying to make the playoffs. Yeah, I can totally agree with that. And I guess we have another close game, just moving on. Um, the Winnipeg Jets versus the Maple Leafs. Um, the Maple Leafs were able to win, so I'm guessing you're happy about that. Yep, 100%. It's about time. <laughs> The Maple Leafs were able to win 4-3. Um, Nikolai Ellers scored for Winnipeg in the first. And 
uh, Mitchell Marner scored uh, for Toronto in the second, and Eller scored for Winnipeg again in the second. And in the third, uh, Nylander and Ilya and Mikheyev were able to score for Toronto, and Spall, Paul Statsny was able to take it to overtime for Winnipeg. And Austin Matthews came in clutch, and he was able to uh, help Toronto get a win over Winnipeg. So I guess, what are your thoughts on Austin Matthews this year? Yeah, I mean, he leads the league with 21 goals this year. Um, He's just showing uh, time and time again why he's the best goal scorer in the league this year. Um, And then just uh, the Leafs as a whole, um, I think they had lost, like, what, three or four games in a row heading into that game. Uh, But then they knew they needed to turn things around, and then they did that. So uh, it was good on the Leafs. Yeah. I guess what are your thoughts on uh, the Leafs going forward? Um, They are clearly the best team in the North Division. Um, The Jets seem to be like the second best team. Um, So we'll just have to see. I know they are going to be facing each other again on Saturday. We'll be previewing that. So that'll definitely be a game to look forward to. Yeah, I guess as it's looking right now, it looks like we could see these two teams in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, it'll be a great series if they do face. For sure. And I guess just moving on, um, we have the Tampa Bay Lightning versus the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, It was a very surprising game, a very high-scoring game. Uh, Detroit was able to get an upset against a potential playoff team. Um, they won 6-4 over Tampa Bay, which is not something I think many people expected. Uh, I think Troy Stechner, Dylan Larkin, and Anthony Mantha, they were all able to score in the first period. So that was three goals in the first. Uh, Mikhail Sergachev and uh, Steven Stamkos, they were able to score for Tampa Bay in the first period. Luke uh, Glendening and Robbie Fabry were both able to score in the second period. And in the third period, uh, Tampa Bay tried to come back. Uh, Braden Point and Andre uh, Pallet, they both scored. But uh, Vladislav uh, was able to come back and uh, just kind of, I guess, put a nail in the coffin. And at that point, it was just too late. Uh, Detroit was able to hold on to the win. Um, what is, what's your thought about this game? Yeah, I mean, uh, this is one of the bigger surprise wins of the season. Um, like you said, Tampa Bay did try and come back. Um, it's not like uh, they, they didn't show an effort. I mean, um, what, they had 44 shots in this game. So um, Tampa Bay really did try, but ultimately they couldn't come back. And then, like you said, um, Vladislav uh, Nemesnikov, he got the empty net goal uh, there at the end uh, to sort of seal it as Tampa Bay was really trying to tie it at the end. But, I mean, this doesn't take away from Tampa Bay being one of the top teams there in the Central, but um, I guess it was sort of a must win for Detroit, who, I mean, they're clearly one of the worst teams in the league right now. Do you think Detroit can go on an Ottawa run and start spoiling games for people? Spoiling games, yeah, I think they can. But a play, a run to the playoffs, I think it's a little too late for that. Yeah, it's uh, looking a little 
uh, rough eight and 16. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to agree with that. I don't think that you can kind of catch up at this point, but Mm -hmm. I mean, it's good to, I guess, just spoil games. You have nothing to lose at this point. So why not? Right. Yeah. um, It's always good for pride. It's good to develop young players as well. Yeah, for sure. And I guess just moving on, uh, we have the Chicago Blackhawks versus the Dallas Stars. Uh, very unfortunate for Dallas. They were not able to get the win. Um, Blackhawks had a pretty dominant performance. They were able to win 4-2. Uh, Dominic Kublik was able to score in the first period. Uh, Carl Soderberg, Duncan Keith, and Alex Debrinkit were able to put three more goals for Chicago in the second. And uh, Rup Hintz and John Klingberg were the able to score for Dallas in the third, but unfortunately it wasn't enough. And uh, uh, Chicago was able to hold on to the win. Um, what are your thoughts on these two teams? Yeah, I, I guess uh, Chicago, I know they lost to Dallas earlier in the week. So here they come in and get the win. Um, Chicago's clearly looking like they want to be a playoff team this year. And then Dallas is sort of, I know they have a lot of games to go, but it, it seems to be like they're, they're having a tough time catching up to a team like Chicago, um, you know, with Dallas being eight, nine and five now, I mean, Chicago's 14, nine and five. So if Dallas goes on like a six game win streak, they can catch Chicago. So, um, it's not like we can write Dallas off at this point, but I know they're going to be playing a lot of games up ahead so we'll see how they can do dallas has had a really rough season so i guess do you think that they can turn things around or i mean it is possible we can't rule them out i mean they did go to the finals last year but um when you sort of go through a season like this like we saw what happened in the nba with the miami heat they went to the finals last year but they had a horrible uh, start and then they were able to turn it around so um, I think maybe a similar thing is happening with the Dallas Stars. Uh, let's just see if they can turn it around this year. Yeah, I mean, as you said, they were a playoff team uh, last year. So, I mean, just uh, based on that, there's no reason why they can't. But it it will be a tall order um, catching up. But they were in the playoffs last year. so Yeah, they went all the way to the finals even. So they are a good team. Yeah, so don't count up, don't count them out uh, just yet. And I guess just uh, moving on, we have the Montreal Canadiens versus the Calgary Flames. Uh, I guess this is more of kind of like a classic hockey pace. wasn't too high scoring. Um, unfortunately for the Montreal Canadiens, they were not able to take the game. The Calgary Flames were able to take it 2-1. So uh, good game to the Calgary Flames. Uh, Josh uh, Bivo was able to score two goals in the second, and Corey Perry was able to score score a goal in the third. Um, What are your thoughts on these two teams? Well, I mean, this was Calgary's first game with their new coach, Daryl Sutter, behind the bench. So I think they were really trying to impress him. He's a very he's known as a very defensive coach and Calgary played a very good defensive game tonight. Yeah, they were able to 
it looks like they they kind of like shut down Montreal. They were only able to get one goal. So that's not just one goal. Montreal was only able to get 18 shots the whole game. So they they really shut them down. I mean, to hold a team under 20 shots is very difficult. So uh, props to Calgary and I guess their defensive scheme in this game. Uh, do you think that Calgary will be able to repeat something similar? Maybe not like under 20, but like maybe like under 25 or something. Yeah, if they can consistently hold teams to under 25 shots, I mean, that goes a long way, right? That gives your goalie a less opportunities to have to stop the puck, and hopefully he should be more efficient just depending on the chances. Yeah. So, again, a good game to the Calgary Flames and uh, very unfortunate for the Canadians. Hopefully that uh, they'll be able to turn things around. I mean, Calgary's still like five games behind Montreal. Um, Montreal is 12, seven and seven and Calgary's a 12, 12 and three. So um, they still have a ways to go if they want to catch Montreal for that fourth spot. But I mean, they still have the time to do it. Um, it's only around the halfway point of the season. So let's see what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens. And I guess we'll uh, see what's happening with some Friday games. Uh, I think two of them are finished. Uh, I guess we could start with uh, the Minnesota Wild versus uh, the Coyotes. Um, it was a dominant performance by Minnesota. Um, they scored four goals in the third, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, um, I know. It's insane. I, I think Kirill Kaprizov, he scored third. That's really crazy. And Jonas Broden scored uh, one goal, all for Minnesota. Unfortunately, uh, Phil Kessel wasn't able to score a goal. Um, so, again, very good uh, job by Minnesota. Uh, what are your thoughts on these two teams? Yeah, you mentioned Phil Kessel, and I saw a video from this game. He had two straight breakaways, and he didn't score, and then he took a penalty and went straight to the penalty box. Uh, very rough game for Kessel, but um, the the real team here was Minnesota. Let's talk about them. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov, uh, he's a, clearly the, the best rookie this season in the league. He had his first career hat trick, so congrats to him. Um, he's the front rider, runner right now to win uh, Rookie of the Year. So it's really looking like uh, this this might really be his year to do so. And then, yeah, like you said, Jonas Brody also scored. Um, he's been pretty solid for them as well. Matt Zuccarello had three assists in this game. So um, he's also been on fire as of late since coming back from injury. Yeah, this Minnesota team looks good. Um, it's not like Arizona played bad. They shut them down for two periods. But this uh, wild team just knows how to score goals. That's all I can say. And uh, what are your thoughts on uh, Cam Talbot? He played a very good uh, game, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, don't you have him in, in our joint league? Uh, he probably got you a shutout tonight, so props yeah, on that. Did. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, I guess um, if we – I don't know. Did you include him in your pickups for this week? If you didn't, he's definitely a must-pickup. Yeah, I did. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah, we're going to be talking about him in the pickup. So he's definitely a, a must-add now. Yeah, for sure. Um, we'll talk about him later, but if you see Cam Talbot in the waiver, definitely pick him up. Yeah, no doubt. And I guess we can move on to... Let's see. 
the Vegas Golden Knights versus the St. Louis Blues. Uh, it was a very close game. Uh, the Blues did try to take it, but Vegas is Vegas. They were able to hold on to the lead for the entire game. Uh, Mark Stone and Jonathan uh, March Assault uh, scored two in the first. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly scored for St. Louis, and Vladimir Tarasenko scored for St. Louis in the second. Thomas was able to score for Vegas in the second. And in the third, Zach Sanford and David uh, Perron were able to score in the third. And Alec Martinez scored in the third to take it to overtime. And Riley Smith was uh, able to get a goal in overtime. And Vegas was able to um, take the win. Uh, what's your thought on these two teams? Uh, these two teams look pretty even as can be. Let me just say that. Um yeah, Vegas uh, clearly is the best team in this West division, and they proved it again uh, t- in, ten- in uh, tonight's game, uh, Friday. Um, yeah, they, they're they 17-6-1. Um, they're just at full speed ahead. And, I mean, St. Louis, I, I believe they have either the second or third most points in this division, but it's going to be tough to catch Vegas. Let me just say that. Yeah, uh, they are the third-place team in terms of points in this division. Yeah, St. Louis will have a hard time catching Vegas. Let me just say that. Yeah, and again, I keep saying this every week, but it's like really impressive that Vegas has become so dominant, and they're I I think like they're the the youngest team in the league, and they're already this dominant. Hey, I mean, yeah, they are. They they've only been around for like what three or four seasons. Um, yeah. Um, and then in terms of players, yeah, they do have. Uh, quite a lot of young players as well. So not just the franchise, the team's also not too old. So yeah, they've got a lot of youth injected in them and they're really playing like a young team for sure. Yeah. So it's it's looking like, uh, unfortunately for their division, um, Vegas is going to be really dominant for a long time. Yeah, I mean, if the divisions do stay like this, I know these are like the COVID sort of divisions. Um, I guess when they get back to their regular division, the Pacific division, yeah, they're they're going to be tough to beat even there. So, yeah, so I think for both this season and the upcoming seasons, you could probably expect uh, multiple dominant performances from Vegas. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. And I guess there are still some games for Friday going underway. Um, Edmonton versus Ottawa is still happening. Um, Edmonton's destroying Ottawa right now. <laughs> um, there's the Colorado Avalanche versus the Kings. Uh, it's pretty close, so there is a chance that the Kings might be able to catch up. Uh, there's the San Jose Sharks versus the Anaheim Ducks. And they're pretty firmly ahead, uh, 2-0. And uh, I guess those are the games that we have for this week. And I guess we can move on to uh, pickups. So I guess we could start with the forwards. So um, what are some forwards that you think people should take a look at? Um, Yeah, just in terms of some of the forwards that people should be taking a look at, um, I'll start um, with a guy like Brock Nelson. I mean, Brock Nelson's just been playing uh, so solid for the New York Islanders. Like we mentioned, they are 
on a seven game winning streak. They're playing some fantastic hockey right now. And I mean, uh, Nelson is a must add. I know he's only center eligibility, but um, just in his last few games, I mean, he's had at least one goal in his last four games, five goals total. Um, he's been um, a solid plus two in those uh, games overall. Um, he's had a, a, an average of around three shots and he's been getting hits too. I mean, this guy's a solid player. Um, he's playing close to 20 minutes a game. Um, he's only around 30% roster in Yahoo League, so it's definitely time to add him up. If you are if you maybe have an injury at center, maybe a guy like Jack Eichel, maybe you, know, you have other players that have gotten injured, whether you have someone on the COVID list, uh, Brock Nelson's a must-add. Then in terms of other forwards, I have here Andre Burakovsky. Um, he's really started to heat it up as of late. I know he had a good start to the season, but he, he, he seems to be getting back um, to, to where he was, um, definitely having a point in each of his previous three games heading into tonight. Um, he averaged around four shots a game as well. So definitely if you want a boost in some of those categories, you can go ahead and add Burakovsky. Um, some other forwards I have here, Brandon Tanev for the Pittsburgh Penguins, only just under 40% rostered in Yahoo leagues. He can play both wing positions, so he's a solid add. Um, in his last four games, he's had a total of five points. He's been a total of plus five, and um, he's had around two shots and three hits per game, which is a category cover right there. I mean, the only thing you won't get from him is power play points because he doesn't play on the power play, but other than that, he'll cover everything for you the way he's been playing. So he's a must-add. And then I guess just staying with the Pittsburgh Penguins, I have uh, Kasperi Kapanen. It's around 30% owned. He's been added over 10% in the last week, so people really want to get on this guy. Um, he can play both wing positions, just like Tanev. Um, and yeah, in his last two weeks, he's had four goals, five assists, plus five, a power play point, 13 shots, and 10 hits. So, I mean, he's got stats in every category. Um, in his last two weeks, he's just been on fire. Um, he's been ranked 38 in fantasy over the last two weeks. So just over the last two weeks, he's been a top 50 player. He's a must-add. Um, and then I guess just one more forward I can look at. Maxime Comtois, I mentioned him last week. I'm going to mention him again because, again, he was added over 10% in this week. Uh, he's still under 50% owned. Rank number 76 for the season. Um, he just continues to produce on an Anaheim team that just is very starved for points, starved for goals. Um, I think uh, he had a three-assist game this past week. Um, he's actually been in the plus for a team that gives up a lot of goals. Uh, over his past four games, he's been a plus uh, two. And yeah, he gets shots, he gets hit, so he's also a must-add. And, and those are my forwards. Those are some pretty solid picks. Yeah, for sure. I can definitely agree with that. What do you have for forward? I've got a few guys. Um, I'll talk about Clayton Keller first for the Arizona Coyotes. Um, he's ranked 104 right now, and he has eight goals, 13 assists. He's plus four, and he has 61 shots, which is very good. It's about 47% rostered, so he's more of a shallow uh, league pick. And he's going fast, so if you see him on the waiver, I suggest that you uh, pick him up right away. And I guess for my next forward, I can talk about Christian uh, Dvorak. 
he has uh, nine goals, eight assists. He's minus one, and he has 44 shots. So another shallow league pick, about 42% rostered. Uh, he's gone down a bit, so there is a chance that you'll probably see him on the waiver. Um, I think that uh, they Arizona did have a rough game against Minnesota, but there is a chance that uh, Arizona will be able to pick themselves back up. So uh, if they they do, then I suggest that you pick him up as well. And I guess for the, my next forward, I have Adrian uh, Kemp. He's rank 81 right now with 11 goals, 8 assists. He's minus 5, and but he has 70 shots on goal. So he's, I guess, a player who scores a lot of goals. Um, I think for his la- last four games, he's gotten at least one goal, and he always uh, gets a lot of shots on goal. So if you need a player who can get some shots for you, he's definitely someone that you want to take a look at, especially since he's uh, eligible for center, center uh, left wing and right wing, which I think is very useful. Um, his uh, roster percent has gone up by a lot, by plus 34. So uh, if you're in a shallow league and you see him on the waiver, I think that you should uh, take a look at him. And I guess I'll uh, take a look at Joel Erickson Eck as well. Um, he's ranked 93 right now. He's got 10 goals, five assists. He's plus 13, and he has 59 shots on goal. Uh, he's about 33% rostered, so uh, he's uh, mostly a shallow league pick, but he will be in some deep leagues, but uh, it'll be, I guess, hard to find him there. But uh, if you need somebody who has a really good plus minus and he could get some uh, goals and assists for you, uh, you should definitely pick him up. Uh, he's a very solid pick, especially since he is on Minnesota and they're uh, doing really well right now. And for my last pick, you already know it's Carter Verhage. Yes, sir. Uh, for some reason, he is down again, minus three. 22% rostered. We need to get this guy to 50%. Yeah, we need to get him up. He's still playing a lot of minutes. Yeah, he's I he's gotten like over 15 minutes pretty much for the entire month except for the Dallas game that was postponed. And I guess the other Dallas game, but that's pretty much it. And so far he has 9 goals, 9 assists. He's plus 10. And he has 60 shots on goal. Um, he is on the Florida Panthers, which they're doing really well. Uh, he's eligible for center and for left wing. So I'm not really sure why people keep dropping him. Um, if you're in a, a deep league, you should definitely take a look at him. And if you're in a shallow league, you should take a chance on him as well. Um, he'll do really well for you. He was able to get an assist just um, on, on the last game. So he's definitely a player that I think should be 50% owned. Uh, So again, if you see him on the wafer, pick him up. And those are the forwards I have. And I guess we can move on to uh, defense. So what are some defensemen that you think uh, guys should add? 
Yeah, I think I have a couple guys. Um, I have uh, Radko Gudas on here again because clearly people haven't been adding him. He's still only 40% rostered. I know he did go up by a little bit, but he needs to be over 50%. He's ranked 112. This guy's a hit machine. I mean, over the season, this guy's averaged like what? Five hits a game over the year. Like this guy's been crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, he gets uh, assists as well. His plus minus is solid. He's a solid plus 10 over the year. I mean, this guy's 45 shots for a defenseman. I mean, you can't ask for more than that. He's playing really well. Um, he's 40% only. Definitely needs to be 50% rostered. So if he's available in your league, uh, you best better go pick him up. And um, one more guy I have is uh, Matt Grizzlick. Uh, he's only around 30% rostered. Uh, he was added quite a bit in this past week. Um, he plays for the Boston Bruins. I mean, um, he has been solid over his last few games. I mean, his last four games, he's had three assists. He's been a plus three total. He's had two power play points. He's averaged around two shots per game, and he's gotten around a hit per game. So, I mean, this guy's playing solid. I mean, he's averaging around 20 minutes a game. That's solid for a defenseman. Uh, he should be a must-add in pretty much every league. Uh, as you can see, uh, him being 30% rostered clearly shows that. He should be a little bit higher, though. Sounds good. Um, I've got a couple of guys. Uh, I guess my first one is Kevin uh, Shattenkirk. Uh, he's about 28% rostered. Uh, he's gone up by uh, plus 10. So he is a deep league pick, but uh, even in some shallow leagues, if you need an extra defenseman on your team, I think you should take a look at him. Uh, he's gotten two goals, nine assists. Uh, he's minus two. And he has 45 shots on goal. So that's uh, a lot of shots for a defenseman. Um, he will uh, get, I guess, about one or two hits and about every game. And he gets, again, like I said, a lot of shots. He gets heavy minutes. Uh, he gets a lot of assists. His, um, his plus minus isn't that bad. Uh, if you have a lot of players that have a good plus minus it should be able to kind of uh, cancel out the minus two so you should definitely take a look at him if you see him on the waiver and i guess for my second defenseman i have mackenzie Weger. uh he's 34 percent rostered plus 14 for the last day uh he's gotten two goals 12 assists he's plus seven and he has 44 shots on goal gets heavy minutes um Again, like a lot of assists, he gets a lot of hits. Uh, and he is on the Panthers, which are, they're doing really well right now. So uh, I think he is a must-add for pretty much anybody who sees him on the waiver wire. And uh, those are the defensemen that I have. And what about some goalies that you think people should add? Yeah, I have a couple here. I know we talked about Alex Nedeljkovic last week. He's only around 20% owned in Yahoo. Um, he has been added uh, close to 10% within the last week. I mean, this guy just continues to win. Uh, he's won four out of his past five starts. Um, he's been posting solid numbers. He's allowed two goals or less in all of those five games. So he's pretty much solid for every category you can name in fantasy for goalies. Um He's just a strong pickup. I know he does share the net with James Reimer, but when he does start, he seems to win. As you can tell, Carolina has won seven games in a row, so he's definitely a must-add. 
And then uh, just looking at anti Ranta, he's been added uh, over 20% in the last week. And the reason is because of the injury to starting goalie Darcy Kemper for the Coyotes. So, I mean, with a defensive team like the Coyotes, um, Ranta, even if he doesn't get the wins, will always get you good averages. So I think he's definitely someone worth adding if you really need a goalie to get a lot of starts. Uh, that sounds good. And uh, I guess I'll start with uh, Cam Talbot first for the Minnesota Wild. Uh, again, he had a crazy game against Arizona. He had 25 saves for a 100% save percentage. So he basically had a shutout and he had one win. Um, his... I think his record for the year is four wins and he has a 90% save percentage, which is uh, really good. Um, there's a chance that he could get uh, even more shutouts. He's 41% rostered, but uh, pe some people have dropped him. But I believe that if you see him on the waiver on a shallow league, uh, you should definitely pick him up, especially if you need an extra goalie. And I guess I'll talk about Ilya Sorokin. Um, he's ranked 88 right now. He has five wins, and his save percentage is also 90%. Um, he just had one one win, and he had uh, nine, 19 saves, I believe. So, again, uh, very, very good performance from Ilya Sorokin. Uh, he's 42% rostered. Um, he's uh, going pretty fast plus six last day so if you see him on the waiver on a shallow league uh you should definitely take a look at him and uh that about that's about it for the pickups so i guess we can kind of uh talk about some general stuff uh, i guess well what's your thoughts on i guess just some general stuff uh is going on in the league right now um, yeah, um, one thing I did want to address um, here is, um, I guess, just the whole thing with Jack Eichel and the Buffalo Sabres. I mean, we talked about Buffalo only has six wins uh, on the season. Uh, they, 25 games played, only six wins. Um, that, that's definitely a problem uh, for Buffalo. Um, I mean, every hope they had of, you know, potentially being close to a playoff team is not happening. Um, the news just came out that Jack Eichel will be out seven to 10 days uh, for an upper body injury. Um, he is their best player, and I know that's going to hurt Buffalo going forward. And I mean, I guess just in your opinion, um, I know there's a lot that's gone wrong here. Um, do you think Buffalo needs to either tear it all down? I mean, um, it, it's really looking like uh, like no matter what they do to get better, they just keep getting worse. It's a possibility. Um, I've he heard that there are some, I guess, I, I'm not sure if it's like an issue in the locker room or something, but I'm, if I'm not mistaken, there have been uh, players who said that like going to practice isn't, hasn't been uh, very, very enjoyable. So uh, again, we don't really know what's going on. So uh, we don't know if it's like there's like a culture problem or if there's like, again, like we said, a locker room issue, if, if it's the coaching staff. Um, so they're definitely going to need to restructure for sure. Um, again, I think it's a possibility that they uh, might need to just start over from, from scratch. 
and uh, try to see if they can rebuild because it looks like they kind of um, hit a wall. Yeah, um, it, it's been pretty tough for them. I mean, just looking at them from a fantasy standpoint, um, it's clear that Sam Reinhardt's been their best player on the year. He does have 19 points in 23 games, which is pretty decent. I mean, he'll chip in on the power play. He has about nine of those points on the power play. He has a minus 15. So uh, if you're punting um, plus minus category in fantasy, I think he's okay. Or maybe a points league. But other than that, it's been tough. I know Eichel had um, 18 points in 21 games. Obviously, you got to keep him because of the star player that he is. You you don't drop him in fantasy. And then Victor Olofsson, 12 power play points, 19 points on the year. He's definitely a must keep as well. But I think you could argue that any other forward um, with how bad their plus minus is and them just not scoring as well could potentially be dropped in fantasy. And then maybe the only defenseman you might own is like Rasmus Dahlin for his potential. But other than that, he is a minus 23 on the season, which means he's practically minus one every game, which is not good for fantasy owners, obviously. And yeah, it just seems to be really tough for this Buffalo team. I really don't know how they're going to turn it around. Yeah, I can't really uh, make heads or tails out of this situation. Uh, the GM has a lot of work cut out for him, that's for sure. Yeah, I know uh, Kevin Adams has just gotten in this year. He might fire the coach. I don't know what that does to this team. I don't think that improves this team. Um, I don't know, just by looking at this team, um, if they really don't want to trade Jack Eichel, the best thing for them to do would just take Jack Eichel, who's their best forward, Rasmus Dahlin, who's their best defenseman, and I guess just try and build around them and sort of tear the rest apart. Um, you got to get rid of bad contracts like Jeff Skinner. Um, I know Victor Olofsson has been playing good as well as Sam Reinhart, but maybe those might be trade pieces that you can sort of ship out for draft picks and, and sort of just start this team over. Um, the other option could just be tra- trading Jack Eichel, maybe getting a player in return plus a draft pick. Uh, plus another prospect. So um, you could maybe load up there. You might even get more than one draft pick in that trade. Um, those are just a few options Buffalo has um, to sort of um, maybe make their team better or kickstart a rebuild. But in my opinion, they they can't make the playoffs with this team clearly. And I don't know why they keep trying. It's It's pretty much insanity at this point. Well, they're doing the same thing over and over, and we all know what people say about that. Yeah, um, it's just really, it's rough. That's all I can say about the Buffalo Sabres. And, I mean, they only have six wins on the year. The way they're playing, they might not even get more than 15 on the year. (laughs) Like, let's just say that. Yeah, it's really depressing for Buffalo fans. Uh, It's very unfortunate, but uh, like you said, there is a, a chance that they could kind of, uh, I guess, rebuild and they might not uh, be very good for, I guess, the next couple of years, but I think it'd be better just to kind of start, start now, start early instead of trying to force this thing to work because it doesn't look like it's working. Um, Yeah. Uh, Another option they could uh, do is, uh, you know, just go after a big time goalie. Like maybe they find a way to pry Mark Andre Fleury out of Golden State when Robin Lehner gets healthy. I I mean I would tell them to trade for Robin Lehner, but we already know what happened when Lehner played for Buffalo. Uh, it didn't work out there, so um, he's clearly better in Vegas. Maybe you take a shot on someone like Fleury if he's available, but then other than that, uh, I don't know what to say. 
Yeah. I mean, if they end up getting a big time goalie, hopefully that might, I guess, solve some things, but I feel like you can't rely too much on a goalie. Like even like, I don't think even Mark Andre Fleury would be able to save the Sabres in my opinion. Yeah, it would be tough. But I mean, some goalies, uh, teams really do rely on. And I mean, just looking at, I guess, the next piece of news, uh, Jordan Binnington signing his um, $36 million extension uh, with the St. Louis Blues. They clearly believe in him. Last uh, offseason, they traded away backup Jake Allen to Montreal, and they gave him the net. So clearly, Jordan Binnington's their guy. I mean, $6 million a year. Uh, four six seasons um, seems like a, a a pretty solid deal, um, you know. Um, assuming that uh, he'll continue to have success there, I mean, he does have one ring uh, with the 2019 Blues team, and I think uh, with the, this St. Louis core, um, the only way I could see them winning another Stanley Cup is if Bennington is the goalie. Yeah, and. That's a really big contract, $36 million. Um, I guess, uh, what do you think that says about, uh, do they believe uh, in the, do they believe in Bennington? And I guess it looks like they kind of plan to have him around for a long time. Yeah, I guess it's interesting how they structured the contract. The first three years, there's a no trade clause. But then they can trade him in the the second three seasons if he doesn't work out. So I think it's a safe contract for both sides. It seems to work out well both ways. It does seem pretty fair. Um, I guess I'm guessing uh, Bennington he does like his time with the Blues. The Blues are doing very well. So um, if if any if something doesn't really work out in the next three years, then I guess they. Uh, they can part ways, but it looks like they're uh, they're it looks like they're like on a playoff playoff hopeful team. So uh, I think things are looking good for this team. I mean, he's a very good fantasy player as well. He has a nine six and three record, a two point six nine goals against average, and a point nine oh eight save percentage. So I mean, he's saving uh, around ninety one percent of his shots. So it seems like a solid goalie. I mean, uh, I know he's had his bad games over the years and people have talked about, oh, maybe he, his head is, his head space is not there or whatever, but he seems to be very solid. I think a lot of that is just uh, people just complaining at this point. I think he is a very good goalie and I think he's definitely worth the money he signed for. Yeah. Well, I mean, every goalie has um, bad games, but it looks like overall he's pretty consistent. Yeah. I mean, just even looking at the West division, um, just for St. Louis to maybe catch a team like Vegas, they're definitely going to need Bennington to stand on his head and uh, play some good games there in net. I mean, uh, they did lose to Vegas uh, in, in the Friday game. So, um, I mean, he's definitely got to uh, sort of pick up this team and sort of carry them because we've seen him do it uh, in the playoffs before. So hopefully um, he can sort of uh, bring St. Louis up maybe higher than third spot in the West this year. Yeah, and I guess we can kind of segue into the standings. Um, I guess we'll start with the West. Um, what are your thoughts on the West? Uh, I think it's sort of uh, around the same as we looked at it last week. I know Minnesota is catching up to Vegas. They did beat Vegas earlier this week. Um, yeah, they, they've been playing really solid. 
Uh, I mean, Vegas still has won seven in their last 10 as well as Minnesota. But yeah, Minnesota is definitely playing some of their best hockey right now. Um, St. Louis and Colorado seem to be those next few teams. Um, and then I guess from there, you got LA and Arizona sort of just hanging in there and then Anaheim and San Jose at the bottom. Yeah. It's kind of looks like it's kind of a tall order for Los Angeles and Arizona, but there, I guess it looks like they do still have some hope if they go on kind of a run. Yeah. Um, but I know Colorado did beat uh, LA Friday night, so it is going to be tough for them to catch Colorado for that fourth spot. Yeah. And I guess moving on to the East, uh, what are your thoughts on the East so far? Yeah, like we mentioned, Islanders have won nine out of their last 10. They're firmly in first. The Capitals have won eight out of their last 10. They're in second. And Pittsburgh's won seven out of their last 10, so they're in third. So it seems like all the hot teams are near the top. Boston slipped a little bit. They've been 500 in their last 10. Same with Philadelphia. So they're fourth and fifth. And then those are your main five teams. And then you got the Rangers, New Jersey, and, of course, Buffalo underneath them. So it's going to come down to those five teams whichever teams can stay hot and get into the top four, they'll be in the playoffs. Yeah. Unfortunately for the bottom three, it looks like it's a little bit too late. Uh, New York Rangers have a long road ahead of them if they are trying to break into the top five. So like you said, it's probably going to be one of these top five teams. Yeah, I can definitely say that. And I guess we can move on to the central division. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, um, Tampa Bay, uh, I, they have won eight out of their last 10, um, but they did lose uh, to Detroit on Thursday. So Carolina, with their seven-game win streak, have moved ahead of uh, Tampa Bay, which is, I mean, it's surprising, but Carolina has been playing good. And then you got Florida there in third, and then Chicago there in fourth, and then there seems to be a bit of a drop after that to Columbus, Nashville, Dallas, who has played a few less games, but they still aren't playing as well. And then Detroit there at the bottom. So yeah, that's sort of the way it's looking out. Yeah. The central division looks uh, kind of tough to kind of break into all the top four teams. They're all above 30. Um, what are your th- um, thoughts on Columbus's chances on uh, breaking into the top four? I think actually Dallas has a better chance than Columbus at getting in just because they have uh, so many few games played and so many more games to go. Um, Columbus has played more games than a lot of the top teams. So it's going to be tough for them to sort of string together a a winning streak. I mean, they can do it. It is possible. But I think Dallas, out of the bottom four teams, I think they have the best chance of trying to catch up to Chicago. Yeah, they did have a lot of postponed games with the whole COVID situation. So I think uh, Dallas, they are in a position to, I guess, surprise a lot of people. Yeah, definitely. And I guess we can uh, move on to the North Division. Um, it's looking pretty crazy. Uh, what are your thoughts on the North? Yeah, um, Toronto um, playing well. They've won six out of their last 10. I mean, they did struggle recently, but they did turn it around against the Jets. Uh, they're sitting in first. And then you got um, Winnipeg. Uh, they're firmly in second. Um Actually, I believe Edmonton passed them tonight with their win against Ottawa. So Edmonton's now in second. We got Winnipeg in third. Um, they're they're pretty uh, tied um, at the boot, pretty much. They're they, they've been like leapfrogging over each other most of the season. So they're two solid teams in there. And then you got Montreal in there at fourth. 
then you got Calgary at fifth, Vancouver at sixth, and Ottawa in seventh, unfortunately. So yeah, um, I mean, Vancouver and Calgary do have a chance to catch up to Montreal, but it is going to be tough. Um, those top four teams are sort of looking like the the four teams, but I guess you never know. Yeah, I guess um, for the for Calgary, it's going to be a tall order. Same for Vancouver. Unfortunately for Ottawa, I, believe, I think they're too far behind. They're like yeah. seven games behind Vancouver. So I think uh, for them, it's just going to be spoil city. Yeah, Ottawa really just doesn't have a chance here. I mean, they only have nine wins in their first 30 games. So that's definitely a problem. <laughs> Yeah, uh, very unfortunate for Ottawa, but I mean, like I said, when when you're this uh, low in the standings, you pretty much have nothing to lose, so you might as well just give it everything you have and try to make some teams look foolish. Yeah, definitely try and play spoiler, get those young players uh, developed. That's what Ottawa needs to do. Yeah. And I guess we can uh, move on to some previews here. I guess we can start with the New York Rangers versus the Boston Bruins. Uh, the Bruins did beat them 4-0. Um, do you think we're going to see a repeat of that? Uh, I mean, Boston is at home. And I guess just sort of looking at the spreads, um, just heading in, um, I believe Boston is favorite in this game. Uh, it really does look like uh, Boston should uh, take this game. Um, will it be a big score? I don't think so. I think it might be a little bit closer, but I think this is definitely a game which Boston should win. Uh, they definitely need to start uh, turning around uh, their record. Uh, they only have four wins in their last 10, so they this is sort of must win for Boston. And I guess we can move on to the Dallas Stars versus the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, Dallas did beat the Blue Jackets in their previous matchup. Um, and it was pretty dominant. It's a must-win game for both teams. Uh, who do you see taking this? I mean, this game could go either way. I definitely could see any team taking it with Columbus being at home, obviously. But um, I think Dallas is starting to turn it around now. They should be playing better. So I could see Dallas taking it. But honestly, this game is more of a toss-up than anything. Yeah. Uh, again, Dallas isn't a team that you can sleep on. Their record might not be the best right now, but they were in the finals. So you never know. Mm -hmm. And I guess we can move on to the Montreal Canadiens versus the Calgary Flames. And again, the previous matchup was a very close game. Um, do you think that uh, Montreal will be able to get a revenge game or will Calgary be able to shut down Montreal again? Uh, I think maybe look at Montreal um, to be able to win this game. Um, they haven't normally uh, played bad in back-to-back -back games this year. I say normally because, I mean, it has happened. But, um, I mean, Cal even Calgary, with the amount of shots they took, they weren't able to score many goals on Montreal. So, Montreal can sort of get the bounces in this game. I think they can definitely pull it out, but it's going to be a close one again for sure. Yeah. And I guess moving on to Pittsburgh versus Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo hasn't been uh, doing very well, as we said. Uh, the Penguins were able to beat them 5-2 their previous matchup. Uh, do you think we'll see a re repeat of that? 
I mean, Pittsburgh's hot. Buffalo's cold. Take that as you want. Pittsburgh's heavily favored. Um, yeah, it should be Pittsburgh's game. They've just been playing so well lately. Yeah. And I guess uh, moving on to the next game, the New York Islanders versus the New Jersey Devils. Uh, it's a rematch uh, game. The Islanders did uh, beat the Devils recently. Uh, do you think that uh, New Jersey will be able to, I guess, take this game or will New York come away with another win? Um, I know New York's captain, Anders Lee, is out with an injury. So, I mean, it is possible that they drop this game. Will it happen? I don't know. They have been hot. But I guess maybe if, if you want to go different, maybe go New Jersey in this game. They they haven't played as well, and they kind of need to turn it around. So this might be the game they can do it. New Jersey also is home. So I think it's good value. I know the Islanders don't have their captain, and they're, they're away. So, yeah, the New Jersey does have a chance of taking this game. Sounds good for New Jersey. And I guess we can move on to the next game, uh, Washington Capitals versus the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, Washington was able to beat the Flyers 5-3 their last game. Uh, but Philadelphia is uh, a very good team. Um, their faceoff percentage against Washington is very good. Uh, do you think that being uh, able to keep possession of the puck is going to allow them to, I guess, take a win? Yeah, maybe uh, I'd go Philadelphia here. I know they are favored, and it does make sense. They're looking to bounce back. This division's very close. Season series, normally if there's a back-to-back, they've been going one-and-one between the teams. So definitely Philly seems to be the smart play here. Um, Yeah, uh, Philly, it really seems like they should win this game. And I guess moving on to the Nashville Predators versus the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, Tampa Bay uh, did beat the Predators 6-1. It was very dominant. Um, are, can we expect another uh, dominant victory by Tampa Bay? I mean, they're pretty upset for losing to Detroit, so I think they're going to come in and they're just going to dominate. Um, I think no question about that. Um, yeah, I think I just expect Tampa Bay just to, to win this game and win it in a convincing way. All right. And I guess uh, moving on to uh, Chicago versus Florida. Um, the Panthers were able to beat Chicago by one goal. Uh, it was very cl- close. Um, do you think that Chicago will be able to uh, take this game? I think they can. Do I think they will? I mean, uh, I think these two teams are pretty even, but uh, just because Florida's home, I think I might side with them in this game is sort of the tiebreaker. Florida is favored, and I think it is because they're the home team, so I definitely see Florida uh, taking this game. All right. And I guess uh, moving on to the Winnipeg Jets versus the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, The Leafs were able to uh, win 4-3. Are you hoping for another win for the Maple Leafs? Uh, I think they can get it done. I think they have the confidence from last game. I know the Jets did beat them in the first meeting, but um, ultimately Toronto was able to, you know, come back and get this uh, past victory. So uh, I guess um, if I'm going to take a pick, yeah, I'll look for Toronto to sort of just move forward and take another win from the Jets. All right. And uh, moving on, we have another rematch. Uh, 
Vegas versus St. Louis. Um, Vegas was able to uh, take the win in overtime, 5-4, uh, but it was very close. Uh, do you think uh, St. Louis will be able to uh, take this next game? I think it's going to be tough. I don't think either team will be starting their starting goalies in this game. It's probably going to be the battle of the backup goalies. So uh, it just comes down to which backup goalie is better. And I think, I guess, just Vegas' overall defense seems to be better. So I might side with Vegas here. I'm just taking another one against St. Louis. Sounds good. And I guess moving on to the Edmonton Oilers versus the Vancouver Canucks. Um. The Oilers were able to win 3-0. Do you think we're going to see another dominant performance of Wayne Gretzky Jr.? I mean, I think you might. Uh, It's pretty safe to say that. I know Vancouver will put up a fight, but I think it's going to be tough for them to beat the Oilers. The Oilers have been sort of getting back to their their high level of play before they face Toronto for those three losses. Uh, They seem to be getting back into the groove, and I think they can continue it against Vancouver, but I guess we'll have to see. For sure. And I guess uh, moving on, we have another rematch. Uh, San Jose Sharks versus the Anaheim Ducks. Um, the Their last matchup um, in February, the Sharks were able to beat the Anaheim Ducks 3-2. Uh, do you think that the Ducks will be able to, I guess, win this one? Uh, yeah, I think the Anaheim can definitely come back and win the next one. I know that um, the Sharks, uh, they've had a, a tough time getting back-to-back victories this year. And I think these two teams are, are pretty close uh, in terms of, I guess, just the way that they play. So I think definitely, yeah, uh, look for um, the team that's sort of coming up on the losing end. It looks like the Anaheim is going to lose this game uh, to sort of just get the victory uh, for Saturday. Um, yeah, I, I think I'd side with Anaheim. All right. So that about wraps up our preview of the Saturday games. And uh, now I guess we can kind of take a look at the pool and um, how's everyone doing? Yeah, I mean, I am ahead, uh, as you know, Um, but the lead has sort of come down a little bit. Uh, It's come down by about maybe um, five or 10 points from last week. I'm only ahead by about uh, 13 to 15 points. So um, I, I think that uh, some of the injuries on my squad, uh, whether it's Jack Eichel, uh, whether it's Kale McCarr, um, other players, um, it's just really um, sort of even things out. So we'll definitely have to see if any other, other teams can catch up. Yeah. And uh, I guess, uh, who do you see, I guess, uh, being able to catch up? Well, I mean, I don't see anyone being able to catch up because I, I rely on my team. So... Um, I guess we're gonna, just going to be doing another interview, <laughs> like we've been saying. Um, but yeah, um, I know we definitely have to plan something that's going to sort of be fresh and exciting uh, for the viewers. It, we got to find a way to do something special. Uh, I'll definitely have to give some insight on something. Um, I guess maybe um, I can maybe do like a playoff uh, prediction thing where we can kind of do like a bracket and I can kind of like, you can ask me who I think is going to win the cup and we can kind of go through the whole bracket, maybe something like that. Uh, we haven't decided yet. So maybe that might be something interesting that we could do. Yeah. There's a lot of things that uh, we can look at, but uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens. Yeah, for sure. 
And uh, that about wraps it up for this week of everything NHL. Uh, tune in next week for some more recaps, some more previews, some more general talk, and some more pickups. Yeah.